podcast that has unfiltered conversations about everything you don't learn in school how are we doing today anthony J? it is a it's a dope november day it's a nice lazy day i was ready to be lazy so all things are happening according to plan so no complaints over here I, i'm glad every day if i want to jump back into bed i can do so i got some food i can just sit here and get fat it's a good day. It's a good yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. It's a lazy day for me too. Like other than us recording, I plan on. I'm not getting back in bed because that's just a recipe for disaster. But uh, you know, I do plan on lounging, finish watching the Queen's Gambit and everything. You know, it's been a little. It's been a little rough for me these last few weeks, especially with everything going on with like the election and just pandemic, um, family. So I've been trying to take a break. Like I know classmates have noticed we really haven't been on social media as much, but we both needed a really nice break, a nice healthy break away from news media, um, social media, any anything that just kind of fucked our world up a little bit. I know I just been for the past couple of weeks, I've been pinning stuff on Pinterest, mostly plants like in my in my plant room on Pinterest, I got hella plants. That's um, plant mom. Yes, in real life, I did collect like four more plants though, like over the last week. So your girl was drowning in the forest right now. She don't know what she gonna do. Um, but I'm really I'm really happy with that. Like that's been just my little happy place for the last few weeks because I have just taken such a huge backseat on everything that had to do with the news media. It was just so overwhelming to me. Um, so I just was like, I needed to give myself a little break. But what what have you been doing? Because I know you said you were consumed in the media too. But what did you find a healthier way to get through that? Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. We got actually posted. I don't know if you saw this week, but I actually posted a video of my plants listening to our episode. Oh, shoot. Okay. I had some plant time. But yeah, I feel like uh, even though I set goals for myself during election time and I was like, I'm going to give myself a day to watch. And I was off the day after elections and I was like, I'm not looking at stuff. I'm just going to like do it as a self-care day and find out the results. But the way that it went down, you couldn't help but sit there and watch the car accident. You I know. know what I mean? And it was just like minute by minute, it's like we got something, we don't got something. So it was like you couldn't help. And I, I'm usually not that person. Like I'm not the person that just sits there and watches the news for like hour upon hour, keeps on checking in. So that was exhausting for me. You know what I mean? And I hadn't planned for that. And so I recognize that last weekend and this weekend, I've done things that have helped recharge me. Yeah. Um, that was like going out a little bit more, even though we're in a pandemic, figuring out ways to go out and um, what I've been consuming and what I've been watching. And so I've been watching, you know, the things on Netflix, like the game and, mm-hmm. stuff, and stuff like that, that somehow, I guess, just balances me out and kind of gives me more energy and motivation. That's kind of where I am. Um, and to the social media part, too, when, you know, you want to go on social media and you want some right stuff. I don't want to see election stuff all the time. So I think everybody else have, has also calmed down on that. I'm excited because this is probably my favorite time of the year for social media because I love all the memes and the gifts around the Thanksgiving. Like, I love the family <laughs> memes, the Black culture. This is, like, this is prime time for me, so. Well, you're going to have to find them because we, sh- I just feel like everybody felt like how we felt and they just were like, okay, election time is over. Christmas time. <laughs> what? Where the hell is Thanksgiving? Like, y'all just was like, Halloween, the nightmare is over, election time is over, Christmas though. So, okay. And we, you know, normally we have that to deal with anyway. Like, everybody just erases, you know, Thanksgiving and those holidays that are celebrated in November. 
but to, I feel like this year it was a little deeper just because of all the shit that we've been facing this year. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like everything Christmas is out right now. Hallmark is getting their coins, okay? They like, we want peace on earth. We are tired <laughs> of chaos. I mean, <laughs> I agree. The world. <laughs> I agree. I haven't even watched anything good for Christmas, though. Like, I even started watching the Christmas stuff early. And mm. I just feel like it ain't, like, the quality of it is just not the best to me, but I just gotta keep watching. I do want some Christmas cheer, and Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. So mm. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Christmas spirit will just come upon us eventually. Eventually. <laughs> uh, so, opening question for you. Okay. It is November. Um, November has lots of holidays, and I'm not talking about the ones that we just named and talking about Thanksgiving. I'm talking about some of them that you um, may not be a high priority on your holiday list. (laughs) So November is, in case you and classmates didn't know, it's Scrapple Month. Um, Scrapple is that mixture of meats that come together that form a thing. I don't even know. A brick. Scrapple brick. (laughs) So it's Scrapple Month. November, no shave November, no nut November. Um, in November, there's Deviled Egg Day, there's Cake Day, and there's Pickle Day. I want to know which one of these will you be celebrating, Chantel? Well, based on my beliefs and my morals and values, I will participate <laughs> in none because I don't believe. <laughs> what a Scrooge, y'all. I don't believe in those. Well, actually, um, I haven't I haven't eaten Scrapple in years, so I, def- I can't say I can relate. I have... You know, last weekend I did have a craving. I was like, you know, if I were to eat Scrapple again, what would it taste like? What would that crispy little brick taste like for me again? But it's been a very, very long time. Um, No shave November. I mean, I could do that. Like, the things that I'm shaving, ain't nobody about to see anyway. You feel me? I Um, feel what you (laughs) (laughs) Um, No nut November. Uh, I don't believe in that, okay? Everybody get the nut that they can get. All right. <laughs> Acorns galore. <Yes>. Oh. <laughs> um, deviled egg day, cake day, and pickle day. Now I fucks with pickles, okay? For hmm. some reason, I can't, you know, and I don't know where this pickle obsession came from. I think it came from me being a child and like walking to the corner store and my friend would get a pickled onion. Now them things was disgusting. But I would just get me a regular ass pickle and some bubble gum you know, and some Doritos when they were 25 cents, um, you know, taking us back. But I could celebrate the pickle day of all things. That, you sure ain't no pie day up in there? Like no sweet potato pumpkin pie thing? Put pecan, pecan pie? I guess they was like, you just got to share that with Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. You know, I told y'all before that I have a personal trainer and a nutritionist, so he don't need to listen to this. But um, yeah, I can participate in the cake day, in the pickle day, all that other stuff. I don't believe in. That is against my religion. <laughs> against it. Yes. <laughs> what about you? I will be doing, I think it's strange that Devil Egg Day is in November. That needs to be in summertime during cookout time. Like, yeah, it's I don't very know cold. Who put it in November. But maybe I'll do a deviled egg celebration. It's kind of weird. I'll definitely do a cake day celebration. Um, I do like a good pickle. And I can do a dill pickle now, but I used to love sour pickles. Mm. And they don't really sell them like that no more. I, I love a good sour pickle. Yeah. Um, but finding one of those is like finding a bald eagle these days. Well, I go to um, the grocery store and get those. I'm telling you, I love me a pickle. Um, Scrapple, in my trivial voice, nigga, you will never, ever, ever, Ooh. ever, ever, ever. You don't like Scrapple brick? Nah. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I was a hard pass for me. Um, no shave. I am not going to stop shaving. My hair on my face looks really weird when I don't shave. Mm-mm, I'm not doing it. No. No, not November. No, I don't understand what the purpose of it is. Yeah, what's up with that? It's just going to be a whole bunch of angry people all the time. Like, why, why are we going to do that to ourselves? Like, mm, no, no. Yeah, it's rude. I think it's rude, honestly. So. Not considering it at all. <laughs> so, classmates, let us know which ones you will be celebrating. We would, we would like to hear. 
or see pictures of how you're celebrating some of these. I like to see a picture of some of the cakes that y'all have. And not the No Nut Novembers, okay? Thank you. Yeah, we don't need those pictures. That's for the OnlyFans. Save those for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it is honor roll time. So um, thank you for those who made the honor roll, who engage with us on social media. Humanist underscore Sean. Owl Vision underscore Medium. Um... Fav, O-H-S, underscore Frine, Jazzy, Jesse, Fonsworth, J. Thank you all for engaging with us on social media. Um, we did do a poll based on our question from the last episode, um, huh, relating to the shaving, because the last episode that we did was the um, unsolicited advice. Yes. And it was about the wife who was having the challenges with her husband and deciding not to shave while being quarantined. And so all of these people voted on our poll. Um, what did know they say? It won, it won as yes, as shaving was important to them. But I was surprised. It was, um, I think it was 57% that mm-hmm. won. It was actually a little bit closer than what I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. Well, it good was for fun. them. It was fun. Yeah. And so now it is report card time. Yes. Come on, report card time. It's report card time. Let me get my red pen. I feel like somebody's in for detention. In this report card section, we will be discussing a few short stories, um, and we will grade them A through F. Now, Anthony, we have a couple stories between each of us. Would you like to start, or would you like me to start? I'll start. And so the first one is, um, I'll start with kind of a scary, dark one. Everybody knows how, you know, in lots of states, masks are being um, ordered for you to wear when you enter into places of business. And all of them know that masks are being um, super politicized. (laughs) And so um, in Maryland, in Anne Arundel County, um, there were two employees that were working at the Cold Stone that asked customers to put on a mask and they were attacked. I'll just read from the article. It says police in Maryland are searching for a man and woman who allegedly attacked a pair of ice cream store employees in response to being asked to take precautions and help prevent the spread of coronavirus. Um, It has pictures of the employees, like both of their eyes are just kind of like distorted and, and it's scary to look at. Like, um, I'm sure that like by looking at the pictures, there's gonna be long lasting damages to what was done to them. Um, it's disgusting to me that um, they asked the people to put on a mask. They didn't say, get out. They didn't put their hands on the the people and then they were attacked. Um, and so I'm sending lots of um, healing vibes to these two black women that were, mm-hmm. you know, attacked, doing their job, just at work and doing their job. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts, Chantel? I find it to be extremely despicable. It's intolerant. It is, I just think the people, the man and the woman who attacked these two workers are deplorable, okay? If we want to use the words deplorable, this is what you describe as deplorable. That is extremely sickening to me um, that they would go into a place of business that serves food because ice cream is food, you know, um, where everyone has to be protected. There is a pandemic. Like this is not the first month, week, day, or minute that we've been in this pandemic. Okay. March. And it is now November. So everyone has to do their part and act accordingly. And there were signs, there are signs everywhere from every store that are saying no masks, no service. You have to be sanitized and you have to be safe and keep everyone safe. And to me, what I get from that is they read the signs. They decided that they didn't want to go into the store wearing their masks. I think um, what I read from the article was that their masks were not above their like on their nose and covering their mouth like it's not like they didn't have the mask Mm. you know so to me it that just makes me think that they went in there to start trouble and be defiant 
number one. Number two, number two, that they were angry in the beginning, in the first place, because why would you go in there? Like, if I'm going into a place to enjoy a fucking ice cream cone, I'm not sitting up there worried about being upset or angry in my, you know, just, that's just me. Like, I'm not coming in here to fight nobody. My intentions are not to fight nobody. I just want to get my damn ice cream. Mm-hmm. So your intentions going into that place were to do harm regardless. That's what it seems like to me. Because I just, I can't find a reason that I would go into a coastal creamery to cause trouble when this has been something that has been ongoing. So it just, it just seems really ridiculous to me. And I just feel terrible for these two women who, the, who work there and for people across the country who are constantly, like their safety is being um, compromised because there are people out here who feel like it is their duty and their job to fight for not wearing a mask. And so much so that they want to cause physical violence and harm to another person. That's sickening to me. I don't, like, that's not my, in my value, value system. So I can't relate to that, you know? I, I just hope that things are going to get better with this. Um, people understanding that these things are important in virus prevention and everybody being safe. Like, I'm, I'm worried that these women won't get the proper care, the women who were beaten up won't get the proper care that they need because, you know, they have their insurance plans. Yes, they were, they were physically assaulted, but they were in the Cold Stone Creamery. Like I'm thinking what responsibility is Cold Stone having for these women and, you know, for their employees in general, because that can happen to any person who works in the public or who has to, who, you know, is not like a security person you know not like somebody who's armed with a stun gun or any form of a a protective device you know so i'm just curious to know what type of what will coldstone and what will other businesses who see this happening in their stores do to prevent these things from happening to their co-workers to their workers yeah i um i mean it it seems like it should, and it's interesting that almost all these articles distance and don't name Coldstone. They keep saying ice cream shop, um, which I think is interesting and not coincidental. Mm-hmm. But because this happened at work, they should be getting workman's comp for it. You Absolutely. Know I mean? um, but it'll be interesting to see as time goes by how Coldstone speaks about this and how much they support their employees in this. Um, and I just want to say that I, I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think that it was, I think it was always a hostile situation in calling out people to have on mask or not have on mask. And I think it is beyond, I think it's really dangerous now, right? And so we saw the videos before of like, um, like the, um, what do you call the white women? <laughs> the um, Karen's. The Karens not wearing the mask and people like calling them out and videoing it. You know what I mean? And so that was happening earlier on and you would see people that would like video people that were doing it. And now it's gotten to this level. Yeah. And so I think that the lesson to be learned in this is that like people are taking this shit very serious and responded in very drastic and, and, and ridiculous ways. You know, I hope the people that um, attack them get the hell that they deserve. If that is, they're getting to sue the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. One night you're walking in the alley, somebody whip your ass. I don't know what it is. Street justice uh, or court justice. Either way, it works for me. But either way, to to all of us and just being like, it makes you think twice about casually being like, hey, can you put on your mask or whatever? That could potentially be, you're like, this woman has to get extensive eye surgery now. Yeah. Her eyes may never be the same again. Um all over just simply saying, could you properly wear your mask? So I would just, to everyone, be cautious, you know? Yeah, that's that's good advice. And it shouldn't, I'm just sad that it has to even be like this, you know? Like, we all have been very stressed out from the pandemic. And let alone, like, that's like the base level of stress that everyone across the globe has been facing. 
mm-hmm. base level, like not getting into all the other intricacies of what's going on in everybody's lives. So I just will hope, or I, I, I want to make things better for everybody, you know, and there are times where I'm not telling people to wear a mask, but they're like, if they come in a space where I have on a mask and they don't, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have a mask on. Those are the things that I've faced. And I'm very thankful for those moments because I won't have to say anything. They already acknowledge they're wrong in that part mm-hmm. rather than me having to say something. And then me potentially being physically accosted or hurt or even killed for telling somebody to wear a fucking mask. Are you dumb? Like that's the dumbest thing I ever heard of in my life. The pettiest things that even fight about let alone harm somebody for so yeah um what grade will you give this and who you're great who are you grading i am giving the attackers the biggest fattest f that i could find oh yeah biggest fattest f that i could find if we could find them we can give them the the biggest fattest f we could find and press charges i do hope that these women will be suing somebody okay i believe coin I believe in cruel and unusual punishment. And this is one of those things where I just like to take them and fly them and just drop them off in the safari with some lions and just like leave them there. Like, naked and afraid. Just, just spin for your life. Naked and afraid. (laughs) Anyway, what's our next (laughs) one? So I have a a dope story. Um, So this child, she is a third grade student, 10 year old Rihanna Facey. Um, She created a book that was about to actually cope with bullying so this story is from a year ago but it kind of helps to um it helps us to see the the tragedy of bullying and how children are learning to cope with what's happening around them so I'm kind of excited to read about this but um this is from this article is actually from Fox 45 Baltimore. So Project Baltimore, they did a story where last year where they were talking about this child. Um, like I said, her name was Rihanna Facey. Um, she published a book about anti-bullying to cope with it. Um, she had been bullied in school. Um, and it was just something very it was just something very traumatic for her as a, as a, as a child and which it is for a lot of children. Um, but it said, her mom said that it got so bad that Rihanna came to her one day with a heartbreaking confession. She thought about ending her life to end the bullying. And that's something that is so unfortunate to hear, but it's very real to hear because there have been um, a lot of children who have wanted to wanted to attempted to and have have gone on to commit suicide due to bullying and things are a lot different now with social media being a a large part of children's lives sooner than it was for someone in my generation you know in my anthony j's generation um so there's a book called the cat that wouldn't go away and wait we met Rihanna she read us her book the cat that wouldn't go away at the time we didn't know Rihanna had hidden a secret in those pages so if you get her book you will see that um she is talking about bullying something that she personally experienced but she's relating it to a cat and I just think it's very extraordinary that this young woman um such a at such an impressionable time for her you know instead of choosing to take her own life which would be extremely devastating Mm -hmm. um she chose to channel that energy frustration anger and sadness into creating something that can help other children and other people to cope with bullying and acceptance um so i'm very proud to share that story and hear from her what do you think anthony j i think that's um great strength in being able to as a as a child to even be able to tell your parent you know what i mean that one that i'm being bullied and this is the extreme and what i was considering and to take that energy and put that into a book that is amazing to me um i think that um there's lots that's going to come from this like brilliant woman 
Um, if that, we're already seeing this at 11. She's going to be quite a bright star when she, you know, enters into um, later years. But I think it's phenomenal. I think it's um, very necessary. Um, I feel like it is, I mean, of course, it, it's timely and we haven't figured out the way that, you know, the cyber bully is, bullying is already happening. And I think that's what's different from our generation is that there was bullying, but social media was around and there probably was cyber bullying, but it wasn't as heavy as what it is for kids now in this generation. And now kids are on Zoom. And so that cyber bullying probably looks different, um, but definitely has not gone away. And then just in, again, anything that brings the conversation about youth and mental health, um, I think is key and is important. Um, we know that there's been, um, that the levels of um, youth taking their lives um, can be high. And then even with that, I still feel like there's never enough conversation about it. Um, and so I love that she's bringing that conversation um, for all of us. Um, so yes, I want to give you all the flowers. Yes. And I, I like what you said about the conversations had between youth um, or uh, with youth in terms of their feelings or what's going on with them. Because I, I know this from my experience with my nephews, um, my nephews, are not extremely expressive. Um, I try to give them a platform or open up conversation, but even with that, like there are things that they keep in and hold in. And, you know, that's, that's the case with a lot of children because sometimes they just aren't understanding of how to express, you know? And so I definitely commend this woman, um, this well, her mom, that's who I was referring to as the woman, but I commend her, the child to Rihanna, because I think that it is not easy. It's not easy for adults to do. So how is it easy for children to express feelings that they never even knew had words to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I love this story. And I hope that classmates, um, if you have children in your life, that you know, are really not easy with expressing that you are having better conversations with them. And if it, it's not even, you know, if it's not even in a book form, allowing them to the ability to express, even when you don't understand, because I don't always understand what children are talking about, especially with these new damn terms. But, um, you know, it's nice to have that outlet and for her to find it at such a young age, because, um, you know, when you get older, we really just relive a lot of the things that we were challenged with as children and try to grow out and, you know, above those things. So um, I want to give this story. Oh, go ahead. You oh, have one more thing. I want to say, and it's, it's the entry point, you know, how, you know, as adults, you're like, how do you talk about something like this with a kid? You know what I mean? Such a hard subject. And it's like, oh, it gives the great entry point that for kids that I'm assuming that are also 11 or whatever age, that it's a way that they can understand and y'all can have the conversation and I think we as adults have been like, we um, bring a lot of experience to it and we don't want to overload and put all that weight on a kid. And I think having like, here is a book in a way that they can understand it in a way that it's like, okay, we've discussed it because we also just don't want to talk about it. I think it's beautiful and like meets the need of like, I've talked to other parents and adults that have been like, I want to, but I don't know exactly how much is too much to talk about or how to approach it. So I think that's beautiful too. So. Yeah, that's a great point to add. So I'm definitely going to give this an A plus. Like I think the, even the conversation we had around it was just amazing to even see that like this child and this is just a, a, a stepping stone or a platform for adults and children to have conversations about something that's so tough and so challenging and something that, us as adults have not quite experienced the same way that these kids have. So um, I, I love it. A plus for me. Um, I want to share another story okay. before we, 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 you know, wrap these things up and Anthony gets into his other story, but I do have some good news for all my waiting to exhale fans and Terry McMillan, the author of waiting to exhale confirmed that it will be turned into a TV series. Um, I don't Shoot. know. Shoot. I don't know if <laughs> if you're excited, but I am. 
seeing some of these movies and stuff that um, were about women around my age or, you know, in my age category, like when I was younger and how they translated into my adulthood or how they don't look the same is always so interesting to me. Um, and I appreciate, like, I know it's Reboot City out here. Like, everybody trying to do a reboot, everybody trying to do a remake. But I think turning this into a series, I think there's a lot more room for conversation and for, um, for women to be seen, for Black women to be seen um, and to have a voice and to understand the dynamics of relationships bet between men, between other Black women, just like with Insecure or with other TV shows like that. Even um, I remember that movie Boomerang being turned into a TV show by Lena Waithe. And I actually am a, a fan of that show. I think the writing on that show is phenomenal and they're gonna do a good job. Now, I could see this being a success if there is, if the reboot is much like how it's been done for Boomerang. You know, introducing a whole new cast, um, maybe children of the original players in the in the movie, um, especially because Whitney Houston is no longer alive. So she was a very integral part of that cast. She played Savannah. Um, Angela Bassett played Bernadine, Loretta Devine played Gloria, and Layla Rashawn played Robin. Um, the dynamic between all those women in terms of dating, family life, um, you know, just career and everything, like it, it made a a huge impact on culture back in the 90s when this movie was first premiered so um i would be very excited to see this show if it was in fact the cast that was kind of like um they took on some of the same stories but they kind of did their own thing too because the times have changed dramatically like we're not on the mara brock kill um, I gotta have a man spill all the time as black women. So um I think there there's gonna be some new juju added to the mix. And I'm hearing that Lee Daniels will be producing this, which is is funny to me because Lee Daniels and him taking on these different projects, it's like back in the nineties we had it was that Lee Bowser, Mar Braca Kill, Salim McKill, Kenya Barris, um, all these heavy hitters who or like John Singleton doing different shows and movies and stuff centered around blackness and black lives and black relationships but now Lee Daniels Tyler Perry like even Kenya Barris is still going strong like these are some of the major people who are now in production of the stories that we're seeing um besides like Issa Rae and Princess Penny because Princess Penny was doing stuff back in the 90s too but his role is 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 a little different now and insecure so i think lee daniels i'm hoping he not adding like no flavor to it like what he did with empire and star like i'm just over that because he definitely like that's just some that's just some like tyler perry light though like honestly you know as much as i want to give grief to tyler perry like he created a fan base based on what he knew and what he wanted and I just feel like if it's going to resonate with me and the younger crowd, like I need more of like the boomerang spiel or like the boomerang flavor, like what Lena Waithe is doing with um, the introduction of millennials or like maybe Gen Z into these stories because we're adults now. And, you know, we have different challenges that Generation X or, or whoever, what's that generation? Baby boomers? I don't know. Back then, them people. <laughs> hey you know so what do you think about this show happening in reboot city i am ex i'm excited for them to put the whole 2020-ness 2021-ness on it um and so i'm interested in knowing what's going to be kept and what's not like i think that this doesn't happen anymore but they should have the intro. You know how they would have the intro and you would see your characters and the mm -hmm. name of the character and the actual actor. They should do that to shoot at the beginning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> give us give us some Whitney. You're right. Yes, yes. You got to incorporate her voice in there somehow. And it's like, what they're going to do? Like, are they, like you said, is it going to be their kids or a different generation? Mm -hmm. Because it, it can't be the same people. I can't see... Uh, 
Bernadine got to be the grandmother. You got you a Bernadine right now. You got to be a grandma. You sh- you can't be out here singling and, and mingling with the rest of the kids. Yeah, Bernadine got to do a whole back in my day I lit a car on fire type of story. You know, like she got to be that one who got the stories. You you know, so I get it. But I am excited because there's the um when we had also advertised that the you know all the black sitcoms are coming to Netflix. And then people have been like, oh, these things don't age well or they do age well. I love it. I love that we're having conversations. Like, that's where we were in the in the 90s or the yeah. early 2000s. And I'm glad that we're evolving to say, like, this thing was good or this thing was toxic or this thing, you know what I mean, doesn't age well. So I'm excited to see what they do with Waiting to Excel in that because Waiting to Excel definitely has a lot of those moments where you look yes. back and you like, Ooh, they was pressed. They was thirsty. And it's like, we, it, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be centered around them, like getting a man and finding happiness. And so it's like, oh, what are they going to do with that? How are they going to like make this um, relevant to the times? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, I'm going to give this, I'll say a B. Like you're passing. But at the same time, I just want to see how this is going to translate. Like, I, I would love to give it an A, but I know there are so many elements that are unknown right now. And I wish to know what the casting is. Um, I want to see a pilot. I want to see what the, pre- the premise of the show is going to be about, how many episodes they're going to do. Like, you know, if they do if they do make it like a Netflix, is it going to be a short series or something? Um, I'm I'm just interested to see where they're gonna put it on BT. Like, is it gonna be on FX or something? So you know the State Farm man gonna be somebody's mean daddy. Oh my gosh! Gonna Not be like, the State Farm man. You can't go out with my daughter <laughs> <laughs> until you get State Farm insurance. <laughs> he was in there, wasn't he? Yeah. Wow. Damn, you taking it back now. Mm-hmm. Angela Bessett is not going to do well as no grandmother either. She's too cute out here. She is too fine. Like, Loretta Devon been playing the, the mama for a long time. Layla Rashawn, like, she get she gives mama vibes now. You know what I'm saying? Her and, and, and Farquhar just had their little, they had their kids or whatever. So, there are some lines, though, that I need them to, like, say again and do again. Like what? Give me a line. Like the, um... What did she say, yo? Um, oh, just some leftovers. Collard greens, cornbread, candy yams. Oh, Loretta. Greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. Yes. Giving some. Insert that in there somewhere. Yeah, she got to do it. You made it. You right. <laughs> That's interesting, okay. though. We'll, like, can't wait to see it. We'll see Terry McMillan because it's been a lot of shows that people have been saying have been reboot or about to do remakes and things like that. And, uh, it's just been a whole lot going on with 2020, so can't wait to see it. We can't wait. We can't wait. What's next on the agenda? Okay. Well, let's slide on over. And let's talk about, I feel like it's um, the beginning of Be- Beauty and the Beast. Tell as old as time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this conversation that we need to have, and you need to put on your hats to talk about... Um, this is no class, but we're going to talk a little bit about class here. And so Kiki Palmer, Kiki Palmer. Mm. Um, Akila actress, herself and her B. TV host, yes. Um, she, in her um, in ignorant fashion, I will say, was on Twitter and made a statement and was like, what if you could only purchase healthy items with food stamps? Um, and then she got lots of fire for that. And so I say this is tell us all this time because Kiki Palmer is not the first one that has made this statement. We've heard this many a times from, you hear it probably from family members, friends, we've heard it in mainstream ways. And it's like, we gotta have this conversation again. And so what I'm saying her into this conversation is I'm giving a little bit of patience because Kiki is younger. Kiki is what, like 25? Um, she's older than that maybe 27 but anyway regardless of age yeah she has um she's 27 she has probably in most of her life um lived with financial privilege because she has been a child actor actress um probably has 
you know, her parents may have had food stamps at one point. I have no idea about their social economic situation, but she has never had that in her adult life, right? And so very much speaking from a very ignorant standpoint and a privileged standpoint that she does not know what that's like to be on food stamps. Um, and for those that are listening to this, like, oh, what, what's the big deal about it? Um, if you are on food stamps, it is a very slim chance that probably that uh, it's probably actually a very high chance that you were living in what used to be called food deserts or food apartheids, right? And so that means your access to be able to get to grocery stores is limited. You have few choices and that even within those choices, you don't have a lot of selections, right? And so if you have not noticed that where the Whole Foods are and where the um, Trader Joe's and all these places where you get like the quality fresh food, um, oftentimes are in the places where people were it's middle class to higher class, right? Um, if you notice where it's lower class, you'll see maybe some Save-A-Lots, maybe some Aldi's and things like that. Sometimes it's dicey on how, um, how much fresh produce there is. And um, in other places, that is the good spectrum. Like some places depend on being able to go to your corner store to get fresh produce. And that may be an apple or a banana. And so the things that you, um, there is kind of like the ideology that people that are poor are eating bad because that's what they choose. But it's like, those are the only options that are there, right? Um, and they don't have access, they don't have the access to the fresh food that they need, right? And so the other is that they're just also not educated enough to try to, to want to have the healthier things. And so there's a lot of myths and there's a lot that's loaded into this that um, people of higher economic status are looking at lower class people and being like, you're ignorant and not making healthier choices for you and your family, um, which is very frustrating. And oftentimes that doesn't get added in, into the conversation. It's just kind of like a one, a privileged person and being like, you need to make better choices. And I know better because I have access to these grocery stores and I get my kids fruits and vegetables and stuff. Um, and so I'm hoping that there is time that people are pulling Kila to the side, like Akila, first of all, you need to mind your business, like mind your own beeswax. This has, there's no reason for you to speak up on this at all, right? And so I think that's the main thing to learn from this. You didn't, nobody needed you to speak on this. Stay in your own lane. People having EBT cards and what they spend it on does not impact you at all. That doesn't mean that there's less money in your wallet or anything. So like that is a first. Um, the other is when people are pulling you aside, I hope you're listening. I hope you're taking the time to listen. Um, we talk about all the time on the show of being aware of like, what is your lane? And when you speak up and when you're speaking up too soon, I hope you had a moment to slam on the brakes and be like, oops, I spoke too soon. I need to gather myself, regroup, and maybe look at this differently because you were just way out of turn and totally out of your lane. Chantel? All things I agree with, but I want to take out, I want to take out two words that um, are common themes with this conversation and that you spoke about, but people probably missed it. So one is privilege and one is ignorance. Everybody has privilege, everybody has ignorance. And I think before we even start having those conversations, everybody needs to check their privilege and their ignorance and do like a self-reflection because like you said, Anthony, I do not feel like, and I don't think, I don't agree that Kiki Palmer had any um, room to speak on any lived experience to um, talk about this subject or to even put this on a platform such as her Twitter and her social media to even discuss this. There's a lack of nuance that always happens in this conversation. What Kiki did was harmful. It was extremely harmful to people whose only choice to get any food or sustenance in their system is to use EBT or to use food stamps. You know, back in the day when people use food stamps, that shit wasn't a prideful thing. You couldn't just slide a fucking card through an ATM 
I mean, not through an ATM, but through a, a card reader. Like you actually had paper food stamps that you would have to take out and pull out. And because it didn't look like cash money, that was oftentimes humiliating for a lot of families to even deal with. You know, I understand what Kiki Palmer wanted to say and get across, but I do think that she has not lived in a space of lacking a certain privilege in a very long time. We could say for the majority of her life. So there's something that she just can't relate to when it comes to people who have to use food stamps to survive. So there was just no room for her to even speak on that. If she wanted to create conversation and she wanted to create more power in what she wanted to say and wanted people to have access to food um, of a higher quality and that was quote unquote healthy to her standards, I guess, because this really to her standards because she doesn't know what's healthy to each person. Everybody has their own nutritional needs and deficiencies. And so what what works for Anthony J does not always work for Chantel. And she didn't understand that either. Um, I think a more productive way to go about that, if she wanted to make that a pressing issue, is check in on different communities for people who do not have access to quality or quote unquote healthy foods, as you say, who may be in a situation where they need EBT or maybe food banks or things like that. Like there are ways that she could create access to these, these different foods and stuff. I just don't think that the conversation she wanted to have in terms of that, it was as productive as she wanted it to be. Um, and I'm sure that there are people who, I know that there are people who use a, like EBT who would like to have fresher produce and not no flies and gnats flying around their shit, um, stuff that's in season and stuff that's freshly grown and harvested, things like that, but they just don't have the ability to get those things. So a more productive thing on her, a more productive solution on her end would have been to create that space or to, you know, you just create that space. You have the money, the privilege, and the ability, the platform, all these things, but you choose to use such a, your platform for destruction and harm. So that just really never sat well with me. And who is she having a conversation with who has EBT right now? I know Kiki Palmer ain't on no fucking food stamps. So why do you care so much? If that's that's what gets that me. Much, I'm like, was this for a movie role? Was this like, this literally came out of nowhere. Why do you, please. why do you think we needed to hear from you? <laughs> you have had, you have had access to a certain level of income, residual income, things that people who utilize EBT might not have. There's a strong chance that they don't have it, you know? And ain't nobody sitting up there begging Kiki Palmer to pay them and, and like instead of using the EBT card, can you buy me my fucking groceries? So why does that concern you so much if you're not doing any, if you're doing more harm than good, in my opinion? Like at least put some put some goodness out into the world with with that. Like if you're gonna learn anything from the harm that you created around that statement and that tweet, I think it should be in in action. Maybe creating a food a, a garden or, you know, a food pantry, um, creating like a nonprofit organization or like donating to the local food banks or, you know, just passing out food. Like I know people who use EBT and can't afford to feed their family as much as they they need to, but they still feeding their other fucking family. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I was on EBT, like I didn't have access to the best foods in the world. I had to do what I had to do to fucking survive. And I don't feel no shame about that. So there, there are ways that you can have this conversation and do certain actions to, to put out the, whatever, whatever she was trying to get at with that. Cause I feel like she, I, I feel like I know what she was trying to get at with that, but like I said before, like you have to do action with that. This that conversation is not for social media, and it's not for her to even speak on when it causes such harm like that. So, yeah, and I think it's one of those 
I mean, it's a, it's a scary slope we keep seeing, especially with the elections, how we've seen Black people very much be in their privilege, I got money space, and making decisions and, and, and talking out a turn for it and being like, because I'm Black, I know it's not the case. But also, like, we need to have more conversations about if we say that we got us and we're for Black people, we need to be looking at that from a lens in class, too. And then how that we, even though I ain't got money like that, right? But I know that I do have, like, some privilege in the status that I am at. And it's like, I need to examine that. I need to know how I need to show up for my Black people that Absolutely. You know, are of a lower class than where I am, right? And I don't need to be speaking out of turn and speaking for them, you know? And so I think that's what is required of us. If we continue to say we got us, I think we always assume that because somebody is Black, I'm Black, I can speak for all of us. It's like, no, those experiences are very different. Absolutely. You can't just talk out of turn and just do that. And part of our work is to understand how I have other people in positions that I'm not in, right? Absolutely. And that's for everything. It's like, I'm not there. That's not my position. I need to check in. I need to talk before I just talk out of turn. So anyway, I hope that is the lesson that she gets out of it. And I hope that other people um, listening do that too. Because I've yeah. had lots of conversations with other people that's like, that ain't your life and that ain't your business. <laughs> so while you coming from this very judgmental space, I think, you know, there's some learning that needs to be done. So I hope everybody like kind of does that learning. I'm going to give you Akila. I'm giving you, and this is out of like. You're going to keep calling her Akila. Huh? <laughs> You're getting a D, Akila. You're getting a D. Yeah. Because she was dumb on that part. She was. We and, all have our dumb moments, though. So. And you know what? I, I, I like the D, especially because, you know, Kiki Palmer has done a lot for her platform i can't i can't deny that like she definitely has spoken up in spaces where um she has done really good and so that's why this is this is i don't want to say this is out of character but when you have ignorance and you don't acknowledge your ignorance and your lack of understanding and education on what someone else's story is like this is where you come from. Like what we talked about with everybody checking their own privilege, because yes, there are things that Kiki Palmer is extremely privileged to have be in the space of, has have access to. But if she acknowledged that instead of what she did with that tweet and with that statement, things could have, there could have been another story that we would have been having and she probably would have got an A, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. she definitely, um, has and, and thanks for bringing that up because I remember probably the last tweet that I saw from her that went big was she made a tweet about her sister and she's like my sister needs a job and Wendy's was like we're hiring or something she's like she can go there and so it sounds you know what I mean also very like if you put both of those together it sounds like she is coming from a very like class privileged place and being like you need a you know those people are like people need to work harder. And yes, need to work hard to get the money that I got, and I work hard, and I'm like, yes. So LLC, much that's that's LLC and Forex Twitter. <laughs> She's like, but you got potential. I'm I'm speaking it that you got potential, and you're mm -hmm. young. Hopefully, you made a misstep. So yeah, what's another story you got? Let's go to our next story. Um, this is our last one that I'm just gonna do kind of quick. We have like. It's a half and half, good and bad news. Yeah. So um, you all know that we did an episode earlier this season and talking about politics, um, not Republican, not Democrat. And we had um, Franca Mueller on here to talk about other parties. Um, and everybody has been so hyped over the elections and the presidential ones. And we talked about the importance of not just being excited and being involved in the presidential elections, but to know the other things that were going to be on your ticket. Yes. Um, one of the things that is good news is that um, Brandon Scott was elected mayor that a lot of people are excited about. I know that I'm personally excited about that. Um, and then the sad news is that Franca did not win for her city council. Uh, she did lots of work, lots of hustling. And so yeah. I want to say congratulations for all the awesome organizing um, that her and her team did. It was very much an uphill battle. 
Baltimore City is very much a democratic city. A lot of times people just vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. They raise lots of money. They got a big campaign behind them to, to do a lot of the organizing and do lots of their work in very creative ways, especially in a pandemic. Yes. So even though um, she did not take that position, I still want to say shout out and great job for like all your work to you and your team, Franca. Yes, I agree. But I want to add that um, an important message that Franca gave us when she did come on our show was that not only is it, you know, good to be active in the election process, but it's it's even better to be active in holding the people you elected accountable. So yes, even though that was not a, she did not win her district, and there are many people who you know had upsets across Maryland and across you know the different like council seats and um, municipalities. Um, I think that whoever we have in charge, we need to make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're protecting us and our values as a community. You know, we do have a responsibility to hold these people accountable and we are using, we are constantly giving away our money in the form of taxes. So, one thing I can say is I, I learned that, um, you know, I would like to be more active in holding my, the person who holds um, seat in my council, in my district, accountable for things that I see happening in my community, in my neighborhood, with Black people, with Black women. Um, and I'm going to make sure I do that. And I'm going to make sure that I am more educated and understanding of the different people who are signing up to be on the ballot in different parties other than Democrat or Republican, you know, with independent or maybe the Green Party, so that in the next few years when we have another election, because ain't like ain't like the election is just never going to happen again, but we have to be prepared for the next election. You know, we all did that and rallied and, you know, a lot of publicity was had for the presidential election. If we put as much energy into our local council elections and our local government elections as we did the presidential election, do you think that we would even need to put that much effort and energy into a, presid a presidential election? Probably not, because the things would be written in the stars. We will understand what our values are and how well or how... Um, how detrimental these people were to building or tearing down our communities. So um, congratulations to the people who did win. And for the people who did not win, you all taught us a valuable lesson still, or me, I'm just going to speak for me on that one. Like yeah. I was definitely taught a more valuable lesson and um, I, I would like to be more engaged in my political landscape in terms of me being a citizen and a consumer of what they're doing. So, um, yeah. Nice well, yes, nice about to say, can't give no grade on that, but. <laughs> so who do we want to give the gold star and who do we want to give the detention? Let's see. I think it might um, be unanimous for this detention though. Well, maybe, we'll see. She don't need attention, but all it just came over me. I thought about. I'm like, why, Akila? You counting people's food stamps? <laughs> I can't. Like, why are you counting my food stamps? Like, it don't, don't matter. Think, no, of all the stories we had, you Akeela. gave an F to the people who brutally beat up these two workers at the Coldstone Creamery. F, but I just feel like I still gotta say, Akila and the B stole my EBT card. Damn. She stole but the anyway, car. Yeah, definitely after the people who um, attacked the two women at the ice cream at the um, what's the place called? Cold Stone Cream. Cold Stone, because we need to say it instead of the ice cream shop. Yeah, so ice cream parlor. <laughs> like yeah, it's the nineteen. We definitely get the Fs, and I would vote that the gold star would go to um, it's Rihanna, the young mm -hmm. woman who wrote the book. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I like those actually. I'm I'm good with that. Um, but yes. I, I like, I appreciate you still mentioning Kiki because she, she wasn't far behind on that detention. Like, but um, 
the social responsibility and people having their platforms is is sometimes it's super complicated so um especially the way with cancel culture so i definitely don't want to make put her in the detention spot but i do want to be like yo we see you out here like eyes emoji so Got your name on the board. You ain't get detention now. Yeah, girl, you about to have to sit at the class and write like a hundred times, and then you can go home. Everybody else get detention though. So okay, well, this has been fun. It is mm-hmm. time that we are going to plug our social media. In case you are not already following us, um, we are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and IG at No Class Podcast. If it's Twitter that you like, you can find us at no underscore class podcast, Tumblr, we're no dash class podcast. You can email us on Gmail at no.classpodcast at gmail.com. We ask that you rate us on your iTunes, on um, your Google platforms, whatever you're listening to. Give us all the stars, give us comments. We like feedback. You can make contributions. If you go to um, our page on the IG, you'll see a donation option. Please show us some love. Put some money in the collection plate for us. Yes. Very much. So, any last words before we peace out? Akila, you are a B in that B. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I want to make this a thing at the end that Chantel says something and we're like, what? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm 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 good with that actually. Okay. I can say a lot of things that make no sense. So <laughs> Well y'all stay melanated, hydrated, and glowed up and make sure you hide your EBD card from Kiki Palmer. <laughs> <laughs>